0: Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry. And before we get into this week's interview, just wanted to let you know about our three fantastic sponsors MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. MailChimp is the premier email service provider choice for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Join more than 7 million people who use MailChimp to design and send 500 million emails every day. If you need some help getting your email marketing efforts started, MailChimp now has a new free course on Skillshare. It's called Getting Started with Email Marketing it'll help you kinda of learn the basics, let you know what you need to get started, things like that. Go to Skillshare and search for MailChimp to enroll in the course, and when you're done, sign up for a free MailChimp account at MailChimp.com. Need a new domain for your next project? Check out Hover. Each domain comes with free private domain registration, unlimited domain forwarding, and world-class customer support. Grab yourself a domain today, use the promo code SPREADLOVE, save 10% off your purchase. And if you add Hover Mail to your order, you'll save $10, so that offer expires on April 30th. Creative Market sells graphics, fonts, themes, photos, and a whole lot more starting at only $2. They give away a selection of free goods every Monday, today's Monday, and they've also got great bundle promotions every month. Head on over to creativemarket.com, get those free goods for today. Oh, and before I forget, because I did forget last week, sorry, Um, check out the Freedom Biz, which is a new podcast by Saida Mitchum. Uh, If you remember, Saida was on the show. I think this was episode 27, I believe. Uh, Saida's show is a weekly storytelling interview based podcast where she talks with entrepreneurs and learns about their stories, their challenges, their wins. And they give tips for new entrepreneurs and creatives that want to ditch their 9-to-5 job for freedom and create a business and life they desire on their own terms. So please go show her some love and support by leaving comments and ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's thefreedombiz.com. Great job on the podcast, Saida. Now, speaking of entrepreneurs, let's get on with this week's show. This is our 75th episode. It's amazing to even think that, to even say that. Um, This week, I talked with Octavia Gilmore, founder and creative director of Creative Juice, a boutique design agency in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. My name is Octavia Gilmore, and I am the owner and creative director of Creative Juice, LLC.
0: Tell me about Creative Juice, LLC. How'd you get the idea to start it?
1: Sure. So... I freelance while I was in college, and I've always known that I wanted to start my own design agency. After graduating, I kind of took some jobs working in-house as a designer for a few startups around town. And I kept saying, you know, I really want to start my business. I had this deep inner desire to go out and do my own thing. However, I was always a little bit afraid because, you know, as an adult, you have bills, you have student loans, you have financial responsibilities. So everyone kept telling me, you'll know, you'll know, you'll know when the time is right. And after working in-house for a company for about a year, they wanted to transition my position into a role that I didn't necessarily want it to transition into. And then, boom, you know, that was the perfect time to kind of launch Creative Juice and get things going
0: So let's go back a little bit there, because I I know we're going to have plenty of time to get to Creative Juice. So you went to school at Savannah College of Art and Design. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. What was the learning environment like there? Like what drew you to want to go to SCAD?
1: Well, it's actually interesting. I am from New Jersey, so I'm a northern girl. And I went to an academic-based high school However, I always had an interest in art, even at a young age. And around the age of 14, I had an uncle who was doing graphic design more for fun. So he gave me, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator when I was 14. And I used to play around and kind of dibble and dabble, create custom MySpace pages for my friends and stuff like that. So when it came down to college, I realized, you know, hey, I can do this as a career, I did not have an art portfolio. So SCAD is actually, not only is it one of the best art schools, but they will also accept you without a portfolio. They can accept you just based on your academic grades. So I applied for SCAD, got in, packed my bags and basically never looked back.
0: Wow. I didn't know that they would accept you without a portfolio. That's pretty good. Yeah. What was the learning environment like there?
1: So SCAD is on a quarter system, which means that each class is eight weeks and you take three classes at a time. And with most traditional colleges, you know, your first two years, you're doing like your core classes. I kind of struggled My first two years because I didn't have any real formal art training and we we took classes like drawing one, 3D design, color theory and stuff like that. Because it's a quarter system, it moves very fast paced. So Mm -hmm. you might have a lot of projects, but you only have eight weeks to get it done. I will say the advantage of going to the Atlanta campus over the Savannah campus is it's much, much smaller The Atlanta campus is one building. So once you kind of get into your major classes, you are seeing the same people like over and over again, or you're having the same teachers. And it's a very close, tight knit type of relationship Mm -hmm. with your classmates and with your teachers.
0: It's like a family kind of. Yes, I would say so. So you graduated from SCAD, and then you said that you worked kind of in a few places in-house. What were those in-house experiences like?
1: (laughs) Honestly, they were boring. So (laughs) (laughs) we were working in-house. So I supported a startup. I was the only graphic designer there. I worked very closely with the CEO, and I supported the sales team as well as all of their branding efforts. And there just wasn't enough work to keep me busy on a consistent basis. So I very easily and very quickly got bored in that position. Another downfall to that was working at a startup. There was no senior designer or creative director per se. So it was kind of like whatever I said goes as long as the CEO likes it. So there was never any you know, opportunity for there to be some type of learning environment for me. I have to ask
0: because I saw that you also worked at, at AT&T. Is that right? Correct. Yes. I worked at AT AT&T as well. I worked at the Midtown campus, not the big, tall ivory tower. It was like 754 Peachtree, like right around there. Mm -hmm. So I definitely know what you mean about that, like drudgery of (laughs) in-house work. It like it it sucks all the soul out of it. (laughs) And it makes you wonder, like, why did I want to become a designer if this is what I'm doing? Like cranking out little buttons and stuff like that. Like, it's just not it's not good. So you went from there. You were in a startup, and then you started your own business. What kind of was the, not the catalyst, because you said you always had that within you. What are some of the challenges that you ran into when starting your business?
1: Well, the main challenge is, of course, income. You want to make sure that if you're going to leave a full-time, stable position with benefits – you're having enough clients to kind of support your lifestyle or whatever financial responsibilities you have. So that was definitely a challenge and a hurdle to get over. While I was working full time, I did freelance on the side and after freelancing for a few years, I kind of had a lot of clients who were quote unquote raving fans and they kept pushing me, Hey, you know, you need to do this full time. Your work is awesome. And then once I launched my business, they were kind of acting as my brand ambassadors, referring me to their friends and other people that they came across. So that was an easier transition for me. Another thing is with the Affordable Care Act, I was able <laughs> to stay on my mother's insurance until the age of 25. So that kind of worked out as well in regards to not having to really worry about like health care and stuff like that.
0: One thing you mentioned that I think is very important where you said that your freelance clients really kind of became your your brand ambassadors, was that just sort of strictly through your work or you kind of fostered a, a relationship with them? So once you did strike out, they were able to kind of speak on your behalf? How did that really work
1: out? Right. So I think it's important that as a designer, you're providing a service and people are not going to refer you unless they like you. They like working with you. And I always say fostering relationships is very important, kind of using your network. So you may not be the best at what you do. However, if people like working with you and you do what you say you're going to do, then they're more inclined to kind of refer you to others as opposed to maybe you're the best designer in the world, but people hate working with you. So I think that's also important that people like you and they actually know who you are as
0: person so I want to talk about membership in uh, creative and professional organizations I saw you're a member of AIGA you're also a member of the National Association of Professional Women in 2015 this is a time when the web has kind of made communication this this easy effortless thing there's social media there's a mobile phones SMS whatever Are these types of organizations still important? Like, what are the benefits of joining something like this?
1: Yes. So, I mean, FaceTime is very important. With NAPW, it's not only a networking event where I'm able to meet other like-minded women, but we also do a lot of social events. So, once again, people are getting to know me more on a personal level as opposed to maybe I'm just reaching out to someone online or they're seeing me tweet. You want people to think of you and have you top of the mind. And the only way they're going to do that is if they really, really know you. So I would say it's definitely important to keep in contact and meet people face to face. And with AIGA, that helps me stay abreast to the newest paper types that are out or they do a lot of owner uh, roundtables. So I'm able to connect with other business owners and we can kind of share our triumphs as well as where we struggle and kind of gain knowledge off of each other.
0: I've never been able to make one of those roundtables. Like I get the, I get the email like two days before and then I'm like, oh, I can't do it because my schedule whatever, but I always see them. They're usually at, um, at manuals, I think, at Manuel's tavern. Yes. I always see those and never get a chance to go, but they're they're pretty good events from what you're saying. Oh, yeah, right?
1: yeah, you need to get out there.
0: <laughs> and they're small too; they're like twelve people. Yes. It's not a lot of folks. That's correct.
1: Very small, but very you know knowledgeable. Because you might think you know, as a business owner, you're going through something alone, or you're just like, hey, I'm in this situation. I'm the owner of the business. I have to make a decision. I really don't know what to do. So th- that's an opportunity for you to kind of reach out to someone who's maybe you know been there, done that and they can help you through a situation.
0: What is the design scene like here in Atlanta? It sounds like you're a pretty active part of it.
1: Yeah, so there are a lot of boutique agencies, which is what we are. We have a lot of startup restaurants that are very pretty swanky that are popping up around town. And then we're also big, the technology and the incubation, things at like Georgia Tech and Atlanta Tech Village. So I would say it's more towards the digital realm of things with the tech startups. And then we also have like a lot of healthcare IT as well. So that's where the market is going. But also, you know, with the restaurants popping up, there's this new farm to table type of model that people are doing. So um, yeah. it's a little bit more or less corporate and maybe more down to earth as far as the design style. How did you
0: sort of first get involved with design? You said you kind of always had that, that spark to do it. Were you Doing it in in high school? Were you doing it before then as well?
1: Yes, I started around the age of 14, creating MySpace pages, doing little flyers here and there for my friends. It's really a passion of mine and something that I enjoy doing. Even as a young child, I was always interested in art. So naturally, I just knew that I would be an artist in some shape or form.
0: Have you had any design mentors to kind of help you out along the way?
1: Not exactly. Some of my teachers at SCAD had more of a mentorship type of relationship with me where they were brutally honest in school. If something sucked, they would rip it up and say, this sucks, you know, do this over. And it kind of helps you develop like a tough skin now when your clients may not know how to communicate that they don't like something. So I would definitely say a lot of my teachers at SCAD, once again, because it's so small, you're having these teachers over and over again for some of your classes, you really just naturally develop a relationship with them.
0: So Creative Juice now is a little over two years old congratulations on the anniversary. Thank you. And so far, you've already kind of managed to build kind of a, a small team. How did that process come about?
1: Right. So it actually happened pretty quickly, much, much faster than I expected. And it really forced me to kind of hit the ground running. So We launched in March of 2013, and I would say by June, I was completely swamped with work. So naturally, I had to hire on help. So typically, we have one full-time designer and intern, but lately, we still have grown so rapidly that we're now up to five people, which is pretty awesome. And once again, you know, just continuing to do good work. Every year you just naturally grow because you have clients who continue to refer you to other people in similar industries or to their friends, which helps your business grow naturally.
0: Do you feel that you kind of have a need to to really kind of give back to the community through Creative Juice?
1: We do do some nonprofit work for some organizations around town. With the NAPW, a lot of women I meet kind of have their own nonprofits. I would say one of our efforts would be more towards geared or more geared towards women. So um, that's something that as a woman entrepreneur, I'm passionate about.
0: So what I want to ask is, how do you approach new projects? So you say when you kind of first started out, you got really swamped and now you've really built this team up. When you have new work that's coming in, what's the process? How do you all approach it?
1: Yeah, so right now we pretty much have tried to get the process as streamlined as possible. So typically, well, we have an account manager. She reaches out to the lead or the prospect and she asks a few qualifying questions just to make sure that Creative Juice would be a right fit for them and their needs. And after that, we put together a proposal. We typically charge flat rates for everything with built-in revision cycles. And that has worked well for us. After the proposal, we get the client to kind of sign off on that and then sign off on a contract. And then we put together a project schedule, which typically outlines project dates as well as milestones and maybe a payment schedule if it's a larger project. And then from there, we start designing. What we like to do is provide every client with at least two concepts for anything that we do so they don't feel like maybe they waited a week for the turnaround and we might give them one design and they might not like it. So we always try to provide a minimum of two concepts for each project to ensure that the client kind of has a few options to choose from. And then sometimes, you know, they like all concepts. So we end up having to find a way to combine everything into one.
0: Now, are you working really closely with the client when you're coming up with these concepts or are you just sort of taking what they've already given you and then just producing something for them? Like, is there a lot of back and forth, I guess?
1: Right, so it depends. We have some clients who are startups and they don't have any branding defined. So we're pretty much coming up with all of that from scratch. In those instances, Mm -hmm. we're working very closely with them to make sure that we're bringing their vision to life and whatever we come up with is kind of what they had in mind. But then we have some more established businesses who kind of have a branding guidelines that we follow and it's more so we need the sales sheet to do this or we're going to hand out this folder to x y and z so it's um, a little less hands-on when there's a more established brand but regardless mm-hmm. with most clients some clients maybe they say i just started my business and i need a website and i really don't know where to begin so That's when we're a little bit more hands-on, you know, giving them maybe like a website outline, researching their competitors, seeing what they do and how they differ or helping them establish like a unique value proposition per se. Because just because you start your business doesn't necessarily mean you went to business school or you know how to create a website. So it's important that as us being the experts, we're leading our clients throughout the way to make sure that whatever we produce is effective and it's what they envisioned.
0: Right. Are you restricting kind of the amount of clients that you have coming in? I mean, because you're a small team, there's only so much you all can get done at one time.
1: Right. We do have to be somewhat selective about specific projects. Typically, we'll make an exception if someone was referred to us by someone who was an existing client. We always take care of them. But yeah, there are instances where we're just too swamped and some of the smaller projects you know unfortunately we just can't take on.
0: How important is email marketing within the scheme of all of the kind of business development and things that Creative Juice does?
1: I would say it's very important. We put out a blog every Wednesday and that blog also gets emailed to our MailChimp list which is has over a thousand contacts. So we want to, as I said, consistently remain top of the mind for people. We want them to say, oh, if I have design needs, I'm going to contact Creative Juice. So it's important that we stay relevant and that we also continue to educate our clients. So a lot of our topics involve things from design all the way up to the marketing industry. Indefinitely, we do that to also position ourselves as you know design experts so that people can trust us and they know that what we're talking about is what
0: we know. Yeah, I was going to ask like what kind of are the types of topics and I'm looking at the at the blog now and there's, you know, the benefits of content marketing for small businesses, four mistakes to avoid when marketing online, and you know like you say it's going to depend on who your your audience is as to what type of things you're going to talk about. Right. Now, I see you also have a shop so you're doing some e-commerce stuff as well.
1: Yes. Not- too much we're not really pushing that we created a calendar it was more of like this fun thing that we did in-house what we call our designers are the juicers so the juicers kind of came up with this cool calendar idea where every month there's a graphic and a task that you for you to do so if you're at work and you feel like you want to get creative you can just look at the task of the month and design it or create it and actually tweet us to make it a little bit more interactive.
0: What would you say are three particular things that you've learned since starting your business? I mean, you kind of really, like you said, hit the ground running. So I'm sure it's been a a big learning experience.
1: Right. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot. One thing I learned is to always try your best and that mistakes are okay. So no one's, perfect. You know, there may be a time where maybe something goes wrong with a client or you realize you invoiced them too little of hours or something like that. So I've I definitely learned being a perfectionist that mistakes are okay. And it's okay to kind of say to a client, you know, I'm sorry, that was an accident and kind of learn from your mistakes. So that's one thing I would say that I learned. The second thing is not to overextend yourself. So we have specific services that we provide and those are the services we provide. So if you have someone that comes to us for video or something that we don't do, we're definitely upfront and honest with all of our clients. We're not the type to kind of take on projects and try to outsource someone or find someone to do it later. So I think it's important to always be honest about the services you offer. Another thing is... I would say being able to network and kind of get out there to grow your business is very, very important. When I first started out, I did not want to go to any networking events. I would consider myself an introvert and I kind of learned like, no, you need to get out there. You need to network. You need to meet people. People need to like you. And that's how your business is going to grow. So that's the third thing I would say I learned.
0: So let's talk about the, the networking part. You said that you were kind of an introvert and you didn't really want to do it. What, what sort of flipped the switch for you to say, you know what, I need to really go out there and start doing this?
1: Well, for the longest, Creative Juice kind of stayed afloat from referrals in organic Google search. So after a while, that uh, well will run dry and you you have to actively get out there and kind of make a mark for yourself and network and kind of get clients instead of just waiting for clients to fall into your lap. So it was more of a necessity based thing. And then also, you know, I just wanted to be involved in the business community in Atlanta. So it's important that I kind of got out there and, you know, made it known who I am and what I do. So.
0: So you have, I think you said you have a full time designer on right now. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So what is your role? Are you also doing design or are you doing more like business development?
1: Mostly business development, project managing, and creative direction. So when it gets to a point where you're too busy running your business, then you can't grow it. So it was important for me to kind of get an account manager to kind of handle some of those day-to-day tasks while I focused on actually growing the business. You know, as an entrepreneur, you have to hunt your meat and then also kill your meat and also cook your meat. So Freeing up some of my time was important. While I would like to design more than I do, I do seek enjoyment or comfort from working with my designers, helping them brainstorm, looking over their concepts, giving them feedback. So I also enjoy that as well.
0: I guess, how would you describe your creative style or the creative style of Creative Juice? Because I'm looking at the website and I see, you know, nice, vibrant colors. I mean, I can certainly get this, this sense of, of fun and whimsy about creative juice right
1: so i would say we are very bold and colorful we like color we're also very corporate so we typically don't do anything like the entertainment industry we don't do any like apparel design we have mostly corporate clients but it's going to be that client who kind of wants that bold modern kind of fresh approach to their design so i would say that lends itself more towards what we offer
0: now being from the north and now that you're living down here in the south, what differences have you found just in terms of like how people do business, how people network? Is it easier here?
1: I moved here when I was 17. <laughs> so, <laughs> but what I do know is I lived close to New York where people are bumping elbows. So, I would right. imagine that if I was a small design agency in New York or even New Jersey, it might be much harder to try to build up your client base because there's so many people up there. As opposed to down here, I don't have so many issues of finding clients and going to events and making Creative Juice a known name. So I would say if I had to guess, that would be the difference.
0: <laughs> What's the best thing about what you do?
1: I think the best thing about what I do is being my own boss. There's a saying that says, you know, why work hard for someone else's goals when you can work hard for your own or something like that. And I think it's the best thing about Creative Juice and being a business owner is definitely the flexibility of setting your own hours. I really enjoy being the boss and making decisions and kind of, like I said, getting out there, meeting people. Putting together proposals. So, I definitely would say that's the best part. Just being an entrepreneur in general is awesome, in my opinion. So, are you
0: satisfied creatively? Do you feel like you're where you wanted to be at this stage in your life?
1: I would say so. I think I'm a little bit further than I imagined I would be at 25 years old. So, having been in business for two years, I feel like what I have accomplished is definitely satisfying. So, I never imagined in a million years I would be here this quickly. Hopefully, by the end of the year, we're able to get a physical office space because right now everyone's virtual. But certainly, I'm definitely satisfied with my success thus far.
0: Yeah, right now, everyone, I have a, I mean, I have a small business here, to 318 Media. Right now, we're all virtual as well, which works out. And I think once you get that physical office space, it sort of like locks in your head like this is really happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the reason I say that is because before, well, when I first started my company, I'd say after the first year, maybe year and a half, I started a second company with two other people. And one of the main things that they really wanted to get, well, one of the three wanted to really get done was to get an office space. And we got like, we rented like an office space in the promenade, the big promenade building in Midtown, right across from Colony Square we rented an office space there and it was just this little, I mean, it was just one room. I mean, it was really not super glamorous or anything. Our logo was on one of those vinyl banners you get from FedEx or something (laughs) like that. But like, it was just the notion of like, yeah, we can go into the office (laughs) and not necessarily have to like work from home. And it was 24 hours a day. I mean, eventually we ended up having to, to give up the office because even though it was great to have it there it was not really super convenient for everyone to get to right well because like i'm downtown and then i think they were up in buckhead so like it was not super easy or convenient for all of us to get there at one point in time Like there was never a time when all of us were at the office together specifically if we had to like speak to a client or something like that so it felt kind of weird in that respect right Yeah. One day, that actual physical office space, I feel like that's the the key for a lot of us kind of virtual entrepreneurs. Once we have that physical real world space, right. it, it sort of locks everything in, in a way.
1: I, I agree.
0: What's a typical day like for you with Creative Juice?
1: <laughs> my days are super busy. So <laughs> I am managing my team of four. We have a chatting system, called Slack, which I'm not sure if you heard of, but it's like this new thing. Oh, everyone knows okay, Slack. Awesome. Everyone- <laughs> <laughs> right. So we use Slack and I am consistently communicating with them all day. We also use a project management software called Mavenlink, where we have two types of folders. One folder, um, the client is inside of that folder. And then the other fo- folder is our internal folders. So we are exchanging design concepts through there either internally with the team or with the client. So my day pretty much consists of giving my designers feedback, responding to emails. That takes up a lot of my time and kind of working on business development. So, you know, which event should I go to next? Or what is the next topic we should write about on our blog? Or what is the next ebook we should offer to kind of grow our email list? So Yeah, that's pretty much Octavia's day at Creative Juice. Less designing and more project managing and art directing.
0: What advice would you give to someone that kind of wants to start out and and follow in your footsteps with what you've done?
1: I would say go for it and just do it. If you doubt yourself or you are too worried about what could go wrong, you'll just stay stagnant. I would definitely say just get out there and do it. Like I said, no one's perfect. You're going to make mistakes, but you're going to also learn from your mistakes, and that's going to make you a better business owner. So working hard and making sure that you are leveraging those relationships. Don't be afraid to ask friends and family for referrals. There's definitely nothing wrong with that. And just continue to work hard and make people happy, and just naturally your business will grow. What would be your dream
0: project for Creative Juice to work on? We're just putting it out there in the universe in case someone's listening.
1: Right. So our dream project would probably be maybe designing some type of app. That's one thing that we haven't gotten a chance to do. And then another dream project, I would say, is maybe something in the packaging industry. Those are kind of two things that seem like they'll be very fun and allow us to really get creative that we haven't had any projects with as of yet. So.
0: What are the next steps of growth for Creative Juice? Like, where do you see it going in the near future?
1: Ideally, I would like to have an office by the end of the year. You know, if it doesn't happen, that's fine. We're totally okay all being virtual. My designer, mid-level designer, who's full-time, he's actually in South Carolina now, so working with him to kind of get him here in Atlanta so he can be local and, you know, just continuing to grow and do good work. I like the fact that we're a boutique agency because we can be more hands-on with our clients and we can offer quicker turnarounds. So I wouldn't want the business to grow beyond maybe 10 or 15 people, but I definitely want us to continue to grow and do good work.
0: If you weren't doing this, what you're doing now, what do you think you would be working on?
1: You mean like a whole other industry or?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's say that. Like if you weren't, like if you didn't go into design, like you never went to SCAD, you never started Creative juice. what other passion do you have that you think you would want to explore? You know,
1: I'm really passionate about helping people. I would probably have gone into education and maybe been some type of teacher, whether it's art teacher or just a traditional teacher, but I would definitely say somewhere in education.
0: And what do you have kind of planned for the summer? Anything that's coming up recently?
1: No, we don't have anything planned. Pretty much July is our busiest month of the year. It's also my wedding anniversary, so (laughs) hopefully I'll be able to take some time off in July. But as far as Creative Juice goes... You know, we don't really have too much planned. We'll probably continue to go to those ARGA events. Once it gets hot, they'll do some type of rooftop stuff or things out on a balcony somewhere. So we'll continue to go to those events, but we don't have anything big planned.
0: Have you thought about maybe doing like a small event or creating a small event of some sort?
1: I think that I would be more inclined to do something like that once we have an office, maybe like a launch party or something like that. But it has been a thought of mine. I mean,
0: there are a few events and things like that that are around the city, but I think that, I mean, I've been in the design community here for such a long time. I feel like there's still more opportunity out there for people to get together and connect. I mean, of course, we're talking about doing things with AIGA, but if you're not an AIGA member, like what else is there? There's Atlanta Web Design Group. There's maybe, I think, one or two other small groups. Well, a... AWDG is not small. They're a pretty big group, but I think there's still probably more out there in terms of events and things like that. Like maybe you could do something that's one, one event that I wanted to do for a while. I haven't done it yet. I might still do it. It's kind of like this lunch and learn sort of thing. When I used to work in in corporate America, there would be companies like American express that would come and do this lunch and learn series where basically they come, they have like box lunches from Jason's deli or whatever. And then they give a presentation on, well, this is who we are and this is what we do. And if you're interested, you know, sign up. Now, I don't know how much business they necessarily get from that, but I know everyone shows up for a free lunch.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, That's definitely a good idea. But, you know, I kind of focus more on satisfying my clients' needs and how we can help them as opposed to, hey, this is what we do. So focusing more on them. So I would say if we were to do a Lunch and Learn It would be for a company that, you know, has a need and we're basically showing maybe like a free consultation lunch and learn type of thing where we evaluate their website and kind of give them feedback or something like that.
0: Right. I got you. Awesome. Well, Octavia, for people that are listening, where can they find out more about you and about Creative Juice? Where can they follow you online?
1: Sure. Our website is itscreativejuice.com. You can also find us on Twitter at its underscore creative. And then we're on, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff like that. We're the most active on Twitter.
0: All right. Sounds good. Octavia Gilmore, again, thank you so, so much for taking time out of your day and speaking to me. I think you gave a lot of really good advice for design entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting up or even just people that are already doing this, you know, sort of ideas of what they can do to kind of take things to the next level. So thank you so much. I appreciate awesome. it. Thank you. And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Octavia Gilmore and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Octavia and Creative Juice through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks as always to our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. When it comes to email marketing, MailChimp makes it extremely simple. They've got great reporting and autoresponder features. And you can send 12,000 emails to 2,000 subscribers for free. No contracts, no credit card required. Check them out at MailChimp.com. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names and they give you exactly what you need to get the job done. Get yourself a new domain or transfer your current domains to Hover and save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code SPREADLOVE at checkout. And lastly there's Creative Market which is a marketplace that sells beautiful ready-to-use design content from thousands of independent creators from around the globe. I've been using it lately to buy stock photos for one of my other projects, the Year of Tea. It's really great. Head over to creativemarket.com. Pick up those six free goods that I mentioned at the top of the show. Those are available for free every Monday. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro is by Music Man Dre with intro audio by Yellow Speaker. The new outro audio that you're hearing right now, It's called This Is My Tape For You. This is also courtesy of Jimmy Square. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and a review. It really helps us get new listeners. It helps more people find out about the show. I know that I say it every week. I mean it every week. We really need reviews, so please leave a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. I'll even read your review right here on the show. Revision Path is a 318 media project. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and the website, then please visit revisionpath.com forward slash donate and show your support. You can leave a tip in our tip jar. You can sponsor an upcoming episode or join at the $5 fist bump level to show your ongoing support. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.